Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. I remember many years ago, uh, my mother took me and it's wonderful to have, oh, I'm gonna pick on you, mom, because you're beautiful and I wouldn't be here without you. And uh, oh, I'll, oh, shall I stand you up and pick on you? Better relax. No, it's okay. It's okay. I honor you. And it's morning somewhere. I rise up and call you blessed. My mother dragged me to church. And um, sometimes I wanted to. Other times I didn't want to go. But she dragged me to a place called Upcountry Christian Fellowship on the island of Maui many, many years ago. It was my first experience in prophetic ministry, being in and amongst a prophet. It was a prophetess, actually, on that day, and I can't tell you who it was. But I remember, um, I mean, I could hardly see the forest from the trees. I was in my 20s, and um, I, I really needed a word from the Lord. And, oh, I got one. And that lady stood me up. It was the first time I heard Jeremiah 29.11. How many of you know Jeremiah 29.11? And she told me that, the Lord says to you, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. And that was the first time I ever heard that God had a plan for my life. And now I'm going to tell you, that was a great day. It's a great day when you realize God has a plan. Come on, someone say, God's got a plan. Got a plan. These guys are heading off to Indonesia shortly, and um, we are praying for them. And uh, we're looking forward to, not you going, but the results of your obedience in the Lord. God has a plan. God has a plan for you, Chaplain Rick. God has a plan for me. God's going to plan for you. Come on, somebody say, God's going to plan for me. Yeah, no, no, no. This would be, only be logical to say that if God has a plan, then the ugly one that some of you dance with, and I'm not talking about a person, the devil. That would be the devil. Old cliff, would cleft foot? Old split foot, thank you. Old split foot, old fork tongue, the father of lies. Slewfoot. God's got a plan, and I'm going to tell you that the devil has a plan. And it's, it's good to know that, although we're supposed to be excellent at, excellent at what is good and innocent of evil. I want God's plan. Does anybody else want God's plan? I was driving here, um, me and Jesus tonight. Are you all there? Second Corinthians chapter four. And I was reminded of the tension that we've been walking in, honestly, for decades. The tension for decades over me, over my wife, and over some of you, if you think and believe the same way, is for a great outpouring. I can't stand regular church. What I mean by that, I'm all for learning. I like a good lecture. I, Lord, forgive me. Dead church. I can't stand dead church. Dead church, you can keep that. And yet, in the midst of it, Trying and seeking and fasting and praying and endeavoring, trying my best 
with the power that works so mightily within me to, to live in such a way to see God use me, but not just me, but that he would use us as a team, as a people. God has a plan for kings. God has a plan for every church. I don't want to miss it. That tension, as I was talking about for decades, has pressed us to be hungry and thirsty for God. It's pressed us to get us up early in the morning to come to prayer when we want to sleep in. If the vision that you have for your life doesn't stir you to get up to pray, that's a weak vision. Or you're deceived and not understanding the efficacy of prayer. I shared on this just recently. It might have been this morning. All the days blend. How many of your days are blending? Of course, it's daytime all the time now. So one day just goes continually into the next. Talking to Dr. Morocco many years ago in morning prayer. I never made a counseling appointment because I knew where to find him. And I would get, I was a 30-second counsel guy. So I knew where, I didn't want to wait, like when, when it, like, okay, he has an appointment three weeks from now. Okay, great. I would never do that because I needed, I needed it like now. At least I thought I did. So I would come to prayer and he would always be in prayer. And then right after, I'd wait in a small line or be the first one in line. Usually it was the case. A little bit pushy when I was younger. Oh, I'm not pushy now. I used to be pushy. Pastor Karen has helped me with that. And I would say, hey, Dr. Morocco, I've got a problem. One, two, three, four. Uh, can you pray for me? And do you have any wisdom? He said, sure, I will. Here's what I think. Here's what, well, here's what the word of the Lord says. Here's what God's word says. One, two, three, four. Let me pray for you. Do that. And um, God's going to help you. Father, in Jesus' name, touch Daniel. Amen. 30 seconds. And I want to just tell you, for all these years, all I've ever done is just obey that. Just do the word. Come on, somebody say, just do the word. Some of you would stop going to counseling if you would just obey the word. There's so many people, and I'm not against counseling, I'm for it. And thank God I've had counselors help, you know, dismantle certain things that, that, that I couldn't quite see and helped me. But so many people want counseling to take care of their, their lack of obedience. So many people want counseling to take the place of their obedience in God's word. Some of you don't know who you are. Of course, nobody here in the room, but maybe online. You don't know really who you are. And so you don't know that the plans that God has for you, and as a result, you, you miss them over and over again. Talking to him that, that morning so many years ago, he was praying afterwards, he stayed late, and so I stayed with him, and then I asked him, hey, pastor, what are you praying about? He said, oh, Daniel, I'm praying that God's people would have a revelation of the efficacy of prayer. I'm like, amen. I had to go look up the word, and... <laughs> It's the power, the power of prayer. One of the things the Lord showed me over the last season, and listen, I might, I might squirrel around. I'm in my default setting, so um, that's why you don't have notes. We're just flowing and uh, going to enjoy it all along. So if it's like five messages in one, just enjoy each of them. Why don't you raise your hands to heaven and say, oh God, speak to me. They just started my clock. They're late, so it's all good. <laughs> Let's read this. 
2 Corinthians, let's go ahead and stand up on our feet. Chapter 4, find verse 7. I'm going to read from the New King James. If you're able to get that on the screen, that would be deeply appreciated. 2 Corinthians, chapter 4. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life of Jesus also be me, may be manifested in our body. So profound. Verse 11. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus, the life of Jesus, or I'm going to call it the anointing, that the anointing of God, God's anointing, God's power, the life of Jesus, resurrection power, the anointing of God, the life of Jesus, also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sake, that the grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Verse 17, are you all there? If you have the New King James, read it like you mean it. You ready? Altogether, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Father, move in power. Oh, you know what? Let's read verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal. Oh God, come and mess us up with truth tonight. Lord, do it. Do what you want to do. Holy Spirit, have your way. We will not stop you. We won't hinder you. Let every man and every woman, every child be brought low and you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So God's plan I, I, I feel like I didn't finish a couple thoughts, so I'm going to try to just grab those and tie them up if I can. The pressure and the tension of decades of seeking after God. You know, I'm not 20. I thank God I'm not. Man, I was so glad when I was 20. I remember when I was 12 and I couldn't wait. I want to be 13 because then I'm a teenager. I mean, you're 13, you're like, my God, I want to be 18 now. I'm going to be legal and vote. Other things back then in the state of New York. <laughs> and then you get to 18, you're like, man, I wish I was 20. Wish I was 21. 
I remember we had to sign up for the draft. I got a little bit nervous about that. Then you're 21 and then you're like, it's 25 is when it happens. Then you're 25 and you're like, man, when's it going to happen? And by the time you're 30, you're like, well, I'm, I'm a little delayed, but, but I'm getting there. Come on, it's all right, I'm 30. 30 is a new 20. Oh. And before you know it, you're 35 and you blink, you're 40. Blink twice and you're 50. I've learned some things. No blinking, amen. I've learned some things. I've had in the times past, it's been gone for a while and I keep it gone, meaning the flesh attempts to try to bring things back. It's like the bride of Frankenstein. Just, you know, you need to reckon yourself dead. And that's not like, I reckon, uh, no, it's like you declare yourself dead. Pick up your cross and follow me. Everybody say, pick up your cross. Yeah, yeah. For 2,000 years, well, probably not that long, but in recent decades, uh, recent millennium, the cross has been a picture of, of Christianity. It's the cross. So when people say, pick up your cross, they're like, oh, the cross, oh, my cross, I got my cross, and pick up your cross. The, the cross was a picture of execution. So you could take away cross if you want to and just put electric chair. What are you saying? Die to your flesh. That's what he's talking about. Roast yourself in the best way that, that, that through Christ. Can you say amen? Well, if you don't learn to, if you don't, you know, if you don't learn to electrocute, take out your old man. I'm not talking about your husband. I'm talking about your fallen human nature. My God, what's going on around here? Pastor told me, I got to take you out. No. God's ultimate plan and purpose for you is to, that you would carry his glory, that you would walk through life manifesting his power. He would manifest his power in you in such a way that you'd become more like him. There's so many scriptures there to, to prove what I just said. And that you would be his ambassador. You would be his minister. You would be a man, a woman of reconciliation. And everywhere you go, you would spread the fragrance of the glory of God. Everywhere you go, that people would be magnetically drawn to God because of the way that you live, how you turn the other cheek in your generosity. People would be magnetically drawn to God because when you laid hands on them they got healed they got re recovery of sight they, they they something happened when you showed up that's God's plan but the devil has a purpose too and in the midst of the tension of seeking God and staying under the shadow of his wings the devil has a plan for you to get offended he has a plan as you go through the challenges and the difficulties and the struggles of life to cause you to get a distorted view about God and that in the, you'd have a, you know, a short-term view. You should not have a short-term view. You should have a long-term view. This is an internship. Oh, yeah, 80, 90, 100, I'm going for 120. And then you die. But you're going to live forever. Where you live forever is dependent upon what you do here. 
And there is absolutely connectivity between the way that you live here and your rewards there. And when you look at Corinthians and you see uh, 1 Corinthians, really chapter 4 through 6, it's talking about Paul talking to the Corinthian church, talking about how to manifest, how to experience the manifest presence of God in a greater way in these three chapters. And so if you want like a, a wonderful word of encouragement on how to walk in greater anointing, go look at this. You won't like what you read most likely because there really is only one way to manifest His glory and His power, and that's to die to yourself and to yield to His power. He talks about, let's go ahead and look at this. He talks about this treasure in earthen vessels. And, and that earthen vessel is a picture of your, is really another word for your humanity. I love what Pastor Colleen says, we're all crackpots. I used to see him like, speak for yourself. But then <laughs> live long enough, you realize, man, we all have faults. And yet God wants to shine through us. Come on, raise the right hand to heaven and say, God wants to shine through me. He wants to shine through me. I want you to look at verse 10 through 12 here for a moment. Always carrying around the body, of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus, I, I emphasize that, the anointing, the life of God, the resurrection power. You understand what I'm saying? Life of Je the life of Jesus. The, the life of Jesus. Also being manifested in our body. We always live... For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus now hmm, may be also manifested through our mortal flesh, so that death is working in us, but life in you. What he's saying is that there is a great reward, the increase of the anointing, when you walk through trials and you walk through difficulties and you do it like Jesus wants you to. And if you'll do that, you'll see a release of God's power. I have been, I have wasted many trials. What do you mean? I mean, I didn't, I didn't live like that. I didn't respond to the pressure. I didn't respond to the, to the, to the perceived persecution. Or maybe it was real. You know, people are like, I'm being persecuted. No, persecuted is like burning at the stake. We don't respond in such a way that actually when we live in the way that the Lord wants us to in the midst of trials and difficulties, we respond in the way that he wants us to. There's a corresponding release of God's power. This is not taught. It's not taught in the Western church because most people just trying to increase their profits and, and expand the margins and, and try to you know, get more stuff. You know, there's a great dilemma with the blessing of God. You want to know what it is? You know what it is? Is that when the blessing of God comes on you, you have a tendency to get prideful. I should say we have a tendency to get prideful. And many times Christians don't see it the way that, that, that the, I think the Lord sees it, which is this. It's not prideful to think, well, look at all this stuff I have. No, it's a lack of brokenness and humility before the Lord that presses you towards the throne to become more like him, to manifest his power. You can get distracted by your stuff. And one of the th I started saying this, and it's, it's in my spirit, so I'm going to say it again. 
one of the great joys of being your pastor for these years, going on 16, 15.3, something like that. One of the great blessings are is the fight. I'm not sure where it came from for me, but I read it years ago and I've made it my mind, made it really a, a motto for me in my life. I didn't come for the ring. I didn't come for the robe. I didn't come for accolades. I came for the fight. I, I'm, 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 I've, I don't know, something happened to me and I'm so glad it did. This is like transparent pastor night. I got 21, 21 minutes left. <laughs> Pastor Karen, you better start praying. <laughs> so, you know, I'm obeying the Lord to go back to school. So I went back to school, and I would love to tell you that I got straight A's, but I got three A's and a B. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, praise God. I'm just trying to obey the Lord, but in the midst of that, there was so much going on, and I... I somehow got knocked off just a little bit. And something happened to me today. Just certain tensions and pressures, and I just things got peeled back, and I saw the battle, and I saw what the Lord wanted to do, and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm not really responding the way I'm supposed to. And I said, oh God, forgive me, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. Let me get right back. Let me get back in the pocket where you want me to be. And something happened in my spirit. Something shifted. You are in a trial right now. And a trial could be the, the, the comfort of your couch and the blessings of your beluga caviar. Or it could be the pressure you're having in your family, the difficulty you're having in your finances. There are trials and pressures that come to every single one. And there's reasons for that. Sometimes the Lord, Jonah. Now, we've preached on these things before. But some of you are in a trial because you're dumb. <laughs> I'm not looking at Pastor Karen. I'm thinking that. <laughs> you haven't obeyed. He told you to. And then, and then you end up in this situation you're like, oh, Lord, don't you even love me? He's like, yeah, I told you not to do that. Told you to eat right. You haven't been eating right. Now you got a problem. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. So some of you are in a problem because of you. And you want to blame the devil, but you know what? It's you. You know, it's a devil, it's a devil. Every time you point at somebody, notice that there's three fingers pointing back at you. Again, 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 6 is talking about how to walk in a greater unction, a greater anointing. And as you go through difficulties, if you'll respond in the right way, the life of Jesus will be manifested. The glory of God will be manifested. The anointing. I'm going to tell you something. I really enjoy being with people who have gone through things. If you haven't gone through some difficulties, some call it the dark soul of the night. Dark night of the soul, pardon me. 
Many people, how many of you heard of that dark night of the soul? You've heard of that before. Many times it's misunderstood. The meaning of the dark night of the soul is that when you're in great difficulties and great trial, you then say, now, what am I doing? Where is my heart? Oh, God, am, are we good? Are we good? And he's like, no, we're not good. We might talk to you to tell you, and then you align things. You take a look at your life, and you, and you, and you get things right. Some of you are going through difficulty because, because you invited it. You opened the door. I'm not feeling the love tonight. Now, that's not the only reason you'll go through trials, because you'll go through trials because of the devil, too. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you don't even have to inv invite him. He will come to try to undermine you. He will come to try to lie to you. He will come in the midst of your trial. You have a, you have a trial that'll come, and, and let's say it's created by your uh, mis misjudgment. Maybe you just made a mistake. You didn't realize you end up in this trial. Then the enemy will come and jump on the back of that and whisper to you to get you to think something stupid about God. But because you haven't read your word, because you're not in accountability, because you're not in church really, and because you don't have anybody that you're really honest with, I'm going over here. <laughs> then as a result, you go through these things, you don't really talk about it, you internalize it, your brain starts getting bent, and you start believing the lie of the enemy, you have a short-term game, you don't really understand the purpose of trials and challenges to produce anointing, not only now, but in the age to come which I'll get to in a second. And so as a result, you slowly cool off and you turn and you start getting a little bit ambivalent about God. Oh, why did God allow me to do that? Oh, why did God allow... Listen, son, stand up on your feet. I just called... You're older than me and I called you son, but it's the Lord. <laughs> the Lord says, son, I am, I am doing something profound. If you'll allow me to do it, come take a few steps forward and I need an usher. The Lord says, I am reordering and rearranging your mental furniture. I am causing you now to begin to think differently. The Lord says, note the date, note the year. For I've called you and I've anointed you. My hand is upon you. Forget the former things. Forget, where's your wife? Come, you're relieved of your security duty. Here, just come stand here and forget about everybody else and receive this word. Yeah. It's over. It's over. Treat it now like the whisperings even of a demon that would try to remind you, put it behind you. It'll be a part of your arsenal, but it's not that which defines you. It is not your main thing. No, your main thing is me, says the Lord. And I'm going to craft and I'm going to do things, a new testimony, a new power, new authority, new anointing. Forget the former things, says the Lord. Receive fresh fire. Receive fresh anointing. Receive the fresh life of Jesus out of this trial. Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. 
new journeys are ahead. New journeys are ahead for you. New miracles, it's true. Let your hand go and take my hand. I'm going to lead you on. options. Let me just say, it is not church going to church is not optional for those who will walk in victory and, and fulfill the plan of God. It is not an optional thing. It's not an optional thing to learn to memorize and study the word. That's not optional. Prayer is not optional any more than breathing is. Some of you have a distorted view because in your home when you grew up, there were things that happened. And you, you, you made decisions in your mind. You, you even made soul ties and vows. I've known people that have made a vow because the way my, my parents' marriage was. I will never get married. And they are not married to this day. Bitter. Angry. Your parents can't give you what, you, what they didn't have. Spirit of God is moving all over the place. What are you saying? Embrace your trial. Wrap your arms around it. Pray right through that thing. Have the Lord help you examine whether it's you, whether it's the devil. If, if, if it's your foolishness and the fallenness of your your earthen vessel and repent. Build a life. Build an accountability. If you've got a problem with porn, do something about it. Don't go to hell over that. If you've got a problem with greed, you have, a, you have a certain problems that are leading you into all these trials and difficulties. Some of you spend time with people that you need in your life like a hole in the head. Um, how about divorcing yourself and from that? How about how about how about Cutting every tie from hell. Cut them. I was going to say, it's kind of funny. I have, I think, 2,700 contacts in my phone. It's a few. I've got like, you know, if I say call John, it's like, you have 15 Johns. <laughs> I'm like, what? You have eight Pauls and they list them all. 
I was going to say, you, you couldn't find a place to find drugs in any contact on my phone. But the truth is, actually, I've got people that maybe, maybe they're still selling. We tried to, they have my phone. I've got people that call me. I wanted to change my number because so many people have my phone. But I've, I've been used by the Lord to walk people out of suicide, real suicide. Not, not look at me. I want attention suicide. I mean, like the real one. Most people, most people aren't really going to kill themselves. They just want the attention. It's not always the case. You had to know which one. I don't know. I treat them all like they're real, basically, and pray. If you could find your old girlfriend in your phone right now, I'm going to tell you, you have a problem. Mostly. There are some exceptions. If you could find your old boyfriend, if you've been searching... (laughs) Are you guys okay? You've been searching, doing, doing searches for that, that one that you used to be with. You got to cut that off. Trials come because of our own foolishness. Examine your life. You're in a trial. I'm just telling you, everyone is in a trial. It could be a trial, like I said, a beluga and a couch and a nice car and lots of money in the bank. That's a, that could be a trial to woo you away from the thing that really matters. You'd be thinking, oh, if I just had money, if I just had money, <clears throat> wrong, wrong again. No, what you need is God. You need God. You need a bigger heart for him. You need the life of Jesus flowing through you. The trial that you're going through, the frustration that you're in is designed to make you more like God. If you'll embrace your arms around it, they come because of our own foolishness. They come because sometimes we're walking through things that the Lord's allowed Sometimes it's the devil, and sometimes it's the groaning of creation. And I have lots of scripture on all of that. There's really four main causes for trials, pressures, difficulties. Which one, which one are you in? And then embrace that thing. So I started saying about, about the church and the difficulty, the challenge of, of moving into this building. My God, I wanted it years ago. Here we are seven years. It's not going to eight. It's not. No, I'm telling you it's not. Is that by faith? Of course. The whole thing's by faith. Oh, zip it. You pray. I'm going to tell you we are in a battle for this region. And it's just not handed over to anybody that just signs up and says, well, I just thought I'd have a piece of the cake. That's not how it works. you got to fight. Ivan Tate called me yesterday, out of the blue. Now, we, we talk periodically, but he called me, he said, he said, Brother Daniel, I said, Brother Ivan. He said, you're in a great battle. I said, yeah, I know. And we had talked about it. He said, you know why? It's because there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people that will come to the knowledge of Christ. And the enemy is nervous. I want you to know that the same is true for you. As we all go, we're going to walk in victory. We're going to places we ain't ever been before. And you know, then the Lord, this, this happened to me on the way here. Pastor Karen, you look lovely tonight, by the way. I saw the building done. I saw us in there. I saw thousands of people. Power, God, it's amazing. It's beautiful, awesome. I'm imagining in my, in my spirit, seeing, seeing the whole thing. I'm like, woo, we're close. Hallelujah. And the Lord said, watch out. I said, watch out. 
Like, what do you mean by that? Because when you get there, when you have goodly gates, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Oh, you guys don't believe me, so go ahead, go there, Deuteronomy. What an interesting service. Whole worship team, please. We're closing. This is my first, I'm putting the gear down. Landing gear is coming down. We're on, we're on approach. Deuteronomy. Verse 1. Every command which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. You may live and multiply. Everybody said live and multiply. And go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your forefathers. That's what we're doing. We are possessing the land. God doesn't just give property like that. That's the foremost premier commercial property right where the gate of the city is. He just doesn't do that. Now he does it because he trusts you. Somehow he'll trust the likes of us. I think he tried to do it. Honestly, I know stories. He did try to do it many, many, many times. We're in the midst of that. And it will just continue to obey, to continue to walk humbly before him. And if you can't walk humbly, don't worry. He'll humble you. Somebody said, you need to be, the Lord spoke to a man of God and said, you need to be desperate. You need to be desperate for me, desperate for my presence. See, that's what trials do for me. Trials, they do something in me. I don't like them, but I like them. I don't like them, but I love what they do for my walk. I don't like problems, but I sure love what it does for me in the spirit. It causes my heart to swell with, with deep longing for God. God, come, run the heavens, God, and come and do what you, but you know what, that cry, you can hear it in my voice, you can hear it, in, you can feel it in the anointing, you can feel it in the spirit tonight, and the reason that is, is because we really, I really need God to come. Now, you know what? If you weren't in a position where you really needed to come, you don't have that kind of thing coming from your heart. Watch this. There's a, there's a godly discontentment. Embrace it. Well, Paul said this, but I learned to be content in all things. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. I understand that. There's a godly discontentment where you hunger for God. You shall remember the Lord your God who led you all these 40 years in the wilderness, verse 2, to humble you and test you to know what's in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, oh my, and fed you with manna. Understand in the Hebrew, the, the way that this is communicated, he brings you into this place where you, you don't have any food, you don't have any water, you don't have anything. Oh, but it does something where you just say, but God, you own everything and you could feed me right now. God, I caused you to hunger that I would feed you. This is connection where hunger for God, whether it be sincere, whether it would, 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 would be happy to be a fool in the face of your peers in order to be embraced in the arms of the master. Hunger for God when it's sincere does not care what anybody thinks about you. It does not care what people say. It doesn't care whether people like you. It doesn't care whether you have the right shoes on or the right clothes. Hunger for God when it's sincere and deep and, and really from a pure heart before the Lord will release manna. 
It releases manna. I'm not here to play a religious game, and I know you're not either. I'm fired up tonight. My God, I'm fired up tonight. <laughs> I got stretchy pants on, so I'm not going to split them tonight. Come on. Online. Are you hungry or are you apathetic? If, you, if you're feeling like you want to turn me off right now because I'm irritating you, that's because you're the religious one, not me. Get hungry. Get thirsty, and he'll feed man. He'll give you manna. And how do I get out of here? Lift your hands to heaven. This seems the path of least resistance is right this way. I'm hungry, Lord. Crave, it says at first Peter, crave the pure milk of the word. Crave the pure, you know what that means? Some of you lost your first love. Crave. Babies and mamas know what that's like. All that screaming until he or she latches on and that milk lets down and there ain't no more crying. I mean that in the holiest of ways. The Lord wants to give you that which you hunger and yearn for, knowing that not one other thing can satisfy you, knowing that there's no money, there's no fame, there's no fortune. You are never exhorted in the Word of God to be someone who's famous. And if you have that in your heart, you're in trouble. I was at the gym, I was working out, and the guy says, I didn't realize you're the pastor of the billion-dollar church. I said, billion-dollar church. He said, yeah. He said, wow. I said, yeah, you need to come, bro. I didn't get him in yet, but maybe he's online. He'll come. They're all coming. How do you know that? Because I know. Because people need to hear the truth. People need to receive the truth of the precepts of God, that they would walk in a way that's pleasing to him, that when this day and this life, am I yelling? When this day and this life is over, When this life is over, you'll cross over into eternity. You'll receive your reward. You will ever be beside Him and innumerable, serving, worshiping. You'll have a glorified body. You'll live, in the, you'll live in a new heaven and a new earth. It'll all be new. This is not the end. This momentary light affliction is working for us a far exceeding weight of glory now and in the age to come. The age to come is not this age. It's the age that's coming. Some of you have a reward that's waiting for you that far exceeds the bonus or the PFD, that far exceeds the raise or the, the, the Cadillac or the accolades or that far exceeds the, the, the billion dollars or the million. It's not about money. It's about the kingdom. True riches, true riches. Oh, oh, that you would long for true riches. The danger that we face is when we cross over into that place with goodly gates. De Deuteronomy 8 talks about it. Is that you would forget who did it. But if I want it now, well, you're a baby and he's trying to mature you. 
<laughs> Snatch the, the thumb out of your mouth, pull out the binky, and truly hunger for God and embrace the difficulty. Come here, son. Lift your hands right where you are. And as you do, God's power comes on you. Come walk towards me. Seven steps. Four, three, two, right there. My hand's upon you, says the Lord. I called you to preach my word. And it does not matter what disqualifies others actually will qualify you. And even as others would be stepped over for greater gifting or greater zeal or greater preparedness, the Lord says, even you, a Joseph, that you were left in a dungeon and you were left behind and forgotten even by your friends and even by family. The, the enemy works so hard to get you separated from the covenant life in God. He works so hard, but there was one that prayed for you and I see like a grandmother, I see somebody in your generational line that just prayed and fasted and interceded for you even before you were born. And the Lord says, son, I am going to crown you with humility and humility will become a magnet. You were a proud man. You were a man that couldn't be stopped, couldn't be defeated. You have a, a a strength, a physical strength that was like a second to none. You, you, you couldn't be stopped. You were like a, like a juggernaut, even for the enemy. But the Lord says, I'm making you a juggernaut for me. And I'm putting my hand upon you even tonight. And I'm going to bring you into a new place, says the Lord. Find covenant relationship. Sow into the covenant relationship. Be very careful for those who would want to separate you. And a mindset even that would try to bring a distortion about who you are and who I am and who I am in you. I can do it in one day, but I'm taking my time because I'm making a masterpiece. Holy Spirit, fire. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Hey. It's 8.38, and I'm not done, but almost. Verse 10, Deuteronomy 8, tell the children's ministry, we're, we're not going to string them out too bad. Hey, that was a powerful word. Was there a grandma or something? Yep. Is it a grandma? Is your mom? Who is it? Grandma. Any grandmas in the house? Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost right there. Stand up on your feet, all you grandmothers. All the grandmothers. All the grandmamas. All the grandmamas right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, put fresh oil, put fresh anointing. And the Lord says, my daughters, I've heard your cry. I've seen your intercession. I've seen your giving. It's come up as a memorial before me. And I am setting your grandsons free. I am setting your granddaughters free. I am moving it.
So I'm telling you, every word of God is true. Every prophetic word, though it, if it be pure from the heart of God, will come to pass. What God says in his word, respond with the spirit of faith. That which is temporal is that which you can see with your natural eye. And so many people don't live by faith, they live by feelings, they live by sight. I can't feel his presence. It doesn't matter whether you can feel his presence or not, he's here. Why? Theologically, we know he's here. You live by your, by your senses, by your feelings. Don't live that way. Live by faith. Live by uh, the spirit of faith. Sees what God says and, and trusts it and knows that it's true. Faith is confident assurance of what you cannot see. If you can see it, you don't need faith for it. Faith manifests that which is from the heart of God into the visible. Once it's manifested, you don't need faith for that to take place anymore. And the problem is, that you can become like those he warns here. When you have eaten and are full, and every promise and all of the prophetic words and everything has come to pass for your business, for your babies, for your home, for your family, for your nation, for the region. When you've eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God in the good land of which he has given you. Beware. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you this day, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful homes and a massive church and you dwell in them and when your herds and your flocks your Wells Fargo, your 401k, your silver, your gold are multiplied, and all that is multiplied when your heart is lifted up in verse 14, and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and the house of bondage who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, which is fiery serpents and scorpions in the thirsty land where there's no water, who brought you water from the flinty rock, who led you out of the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, that he might test you to do good in the end. And you say in your heart, my power and my might, my hand have gained this for wealth for me no verse 18 and you shall remember the Lord your God is for he who gives you power it's he who gives you the life of Jesus it's he who gives you the power of God in your life but you must embrace the death you must embrace the cross you must embrace the electric chair can I say it that way you must die to yourself and obey him he said I don't like that I know in the midst of your trial find God's purpose in them Turn things around. Embrace the plan of God. Know that what he said, he will bring to pass. And when it comes to pass, let me just tell you what will happen. I was standing there. I saw the warning. It's in our new building. I saw the thousands, saw that. And there's, there's a natural tendency of our crackpot nature to just rest. No. That's not what you do. You keep pressing on. You keep pressing through. 
to fulfill the God's plan, God's plan until you go up to meet him or he splits the eastern sky. You live for him with all your heart. And you know what happens? Oh, you, you'll have the blessing here. You'll have the anointing here. You'll have more of Jesus here. But in the age to come, in the age to come, not everybody's the same in the age to come. And some of you are looking at me crazy. I, I just want to read one more scripture. Turn to 1 Corinthians 15. While you're standing, I'm almost completed. This, we're landing right now. 1 Corinthians. I will pursue you. I will pursue your breath. Yes, I will. I will pursue I will pursue you. First Corinthians 15. Pursue your. Watch this. First Corinthians 15. Find verse 41. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon. Another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. Do you all understand? Okay. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body sown in corruption is raised in incorruptible, or incorruption. This body sown in dishonor is raised in glory. He's talking about when you get a resurrected body, there are some people that are like one star and other people like another. Not everybody is at the right hand of, of, of the throne, you understand. The sons of thunder wanted position. The way you respond, the way you live in this age will be rewarded in the age to come and you will find that are people that didn't seem to do very much in this age but be greatly rewarded because you have no idea what people have to overcome. You don't know what people are doing with the talents that they have. You have maybe 10 talents and they have half a talent and they're, you, 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 don't you judge people. You judge their fruit, absolutely. But God wants to put his power on you. Come on, lift your hands. In the midst of your trial, he wants to put more power on you. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.